He was the boss. He was the pimp. You can try to walk out that door, but he will chase you down with a gun or he will threaten your family's life or your life. And he will tell you that you will never, ever be free ever. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about the life of call girls or prostitutes who choose that lifestyle when they're introduced to that stuff. Now, listener discretion is advised as some of the contents are intended for mature audiences only. Now, some women choose this lifestyle of stripping or being a call girl, which is a prostitute, because of the lure of money behind it. Now, not all, but there are some. And I'm not talking about those who are being human trafficked, okay? I'm talking about those who choose this industry and choose to do it as a career. And today you'll hear from Annie Lobert, who grew up with some hardships and then discovered the power of making money by selling her body. Annie, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. How are you doing? Annie, we are doing so great here in the studio. Now, you were at one point in your life selling your body as a way of getting money. But I understand that you grew up in some difficulty where you were abused by your father since you were eight years old. Can you tell us more about that? I was abused at eight years old, but prior to that, my family was very, very abused by my father. He would hit my mom in front of us children, and he would hit my brothers in front of us, and he would hit us girls, my sister and I, and he was yelling all the time. But at eight years old, this was a different type of abuse. The abuse that I experienced was actual sexual abuse from one of our neighbors, Mm. and it was repeated for almost two years, and I never told anyone. Oh, that is horrible that here you are being abused by your neighbor in secret. I'm sure that was so difficult to keep inside. And I understand that when you grew up, you felt like being rebellious was okay because how life kind of sucked for you at the time. Can you describe that? Yeah, I got really, really upset because I felt like everything that was happening to my family and myself, that it wasn't fair. And that, you know, the only solution to that, of course, is trying to play and have fun And when you're a teenager, you're just in this growth stage of puberty and rebellion and, you know, you're testing the waters. And I noticed that boys were looking at me and not only did I not think I was worthy or loved, I felt just ugly all the time. But when boys started paying attention to me, there was something inside of me that sparked something that made me happy. And that little hole in my heart that was broken was getting filled by the attention of the boys and, you know, drinking, having parties. And I met this boy and I gave my virginity. And of course we were supposed to get married and all that romantic things that happen. Right. And I basically got in a really bad fight with him because he was sleeping with several of my girlfriends And so we broke up and my heart was completely broken. And I never forget telling my mom that day, I was like, you know what? I am done. I'm never, ever going to be nice to a boy again. I'm just going to treat 
men, you know, the way they've treated me and get revenge. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I went back into high school after that breakup and I just became this crazy person, like this relationship chaser. That's all I wanted to do. And basically when I left high school, I got three jobs of a total workaholic because I believed that, you know, having money and success would make me feel better. And I want to go to college, but I could not afford it. So I was going out to the clubs with my girlfriend. We had a fake identification. And one night we were out dancing and it was a Tuesday night. I think it was ladies night. And we were at this club called Marshall's and these two guys walked in and they had fur coats on. We should have known, oh, something's wrong. But we just decided to talk to them, which was the dumbest thing we could have probably done. And they bought us drinks and they started telling us about how rich they were and how successful they were. And my girlfriend starts dating one of the guys. And of course, the guy that I was talking to, I really didn't think he was attractive, but my girlfriend got really hung up on this guy that she was speaking with. And she started seeing him and he bought her this huge diamond ring and gave her her keys to his Benz, his dropped out Benz. And then next thing I know, she's calling me from Hawaii and she tells me to come out to Hawaii because she has something to show me and there's a new way to make money. And I came out to Hawaii on a vacation. And basically the first night that I worked, I turned my first date. And what I mean by that is I turned my first trick, which is to sell yourself for an amount of money. And I didn't even have to have sex. My girlfriend showed me how to do it. And I was like, this is cool. Like, I can't believe I could get money and power from men like this. This is crazy. And so I decided that this is what I was going to do for my life. Actually, it wasn't even a plan. I thought maybe I'll just work six months and I'll stop. But you know, as well as I do, that money is a slippery slope. It is a slippery, slippery slope. And I basically got so addicted to the lifestyle. I started to dance. I quit all three of my jobs. I started to dance in Minnesota as an exotic dancer. And not very long into it, I met this man that walked up to the stage and threw a bunch of money on the stage for me. And he bought me a rose and bought me a drink. And we started dating. And I didn't know it, but he was an undercover pimp. He was also a drug dealer, which I didn't find that out till later because I started drilling him and questioning him. And I didn't like that he was a drug dealer. I was kind of offended by it. And even though I helped him with a couple transactions, I honestly did just trying to help him out. And I knew he was on probation, but I told him, I said, look, why don't you come to Las Vegas with me? My girlfriend that was in Hawaii, she lives now in Vegas because her boyfriend, I didn't say pimp at the time, has a house in Vegas, but he had houses all over the place because he was one of those circuit pimps. And so I came to Las Vegas the first night that I worked. I went out there, made a bunch of money, signed up with the escort services. And escort service is a place where people send you out on calls, which are in the casinos in different hotel rooms. And then you get the agency fee, which is normally 150 to 250 Nowadays, I think it's a little higher, but you give that entire fee to the agency and then you get your tips above that. Hmm. So a typical call is $650, dollars $1,000, $2,000 average for us back then. And I made a lot of money. Well, let me ask you about this, Annie. How did you find out that this guy was a pimp? And when did you really find that out? That was the first night that I worked in Vegas. He beat me down because I wouldn't give him my money. Oh, man. He told me he was going to be my pimp. Oh, my gosh. So that was it? I mean, you now worked for him? Like, he just assumed that he was your boss from that day forth? Oh, yes. Absolutely. No, he was the boss. He was the pimp. But I was in love with him. It was too late at that point. My gosh. So how did all this make you feel at the time? I mean, probably completely depressed or something else. 
Oh, I was completely depressed. He took all my identification away and I couldn't even function without him. To be honest with you, I was so struck and so strung out on him as far as my heart. There is no way that I could recover from getting away from him. I was too weak inside my mind and too weak inside my heart. And that's what happens to a lot of the girls that fall in love with these pimps, that they become weak and they don't know who they are. And all they think they can do is stay with this person because they think that if they leave him, no one's going to love them. And that's the isolation that they play and the manipulation that they play and the coercion that happens and the fraud, and all the lies and the brainwashing that happens, it's called the grooming stage and the breaking stage. The grooming stage is when they first meet you, but when they break you, you have no choice. If you decide to be broken, you know you can try to walk out that door, but he will chase you down with a gun, or he will threaten your family's life or your life, and he will tell you that you'll never, ever be free, ever. Wow. So you are totally codependent upon him. That is horrible. This is serious abuse. Here's the reality of where this can all lead to, the money, the lifestyle, now coming to a form of psychological slavery. Annie, it is so good that you're revealing, you know, what happened in your life. So let's stop there. I want to have you on our next show to talk more about what happened next in your life. Annie, I can't wait to have you back. Okay, thanks. All right. Hang on. The show isn't over yet. Let's go deeper into what you just heard right after the break. Listen, my friend, you are in a spiritual battle, and there's a spiritual battle right now for the soul of our nation. The Bible says we overcome the power of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And friend, I need your help spreading this show to all 50 states all across the USA, and that takes money to broadcast in each city. You can help by being a stable monthly giver of our ministry, Awakening the Nations. We are a ministry who's committed to preaching the gospel all across the world. Partner by going to AwakeningTheNations.com, and we believe America shall be saved. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at AwakeningTheNations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's AwakeningTheNations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show, where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, it's crazy to think that Annie gets into the sex industry by choice, sees the money, and seems to love it. Literally living this life for the money that is provided and the lifestyle that it gave her. But then she ends up being trapped into this relationship with this pimp, who then pretty much stole her money, and now she's working for him by force. It is horrible. But the key thing is that it's easy to love what money can do for us. And most wouldn't say it in public, but deep inside, many feel like the money is an okay thing and that chasing after it is just all right. But what does ancient scripture say? It's written in 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. See, according to these scriptures, loving money and having a love for it will eventually lead to all kinds of evil, almost like compromises in our lives. See, though one can think that all their problems would be solved by having lots of money, actually, according to this verse, it can cause many sorrows. As you're hearing what's happening to Annie during those days of being a prostitute, she came to a place where she was working for someone and just handing over her money, 
and stuck to that situation both emotionally and physically. But what can we do to realign? Well, honestly, her story, it's so sad. And it just shows us how we need to safeguard our hearts, that we should not live a life that has a love of money. You see, money is fine. Having money is okay. But it's when we love that money. Yes, we may work to make the money, but life shouldn't just be only about loving it and living for that. Money's a tool, but money is not what provides for you. God is the one who provides for you. See, we weren't created to just live life to make money. Our life has so much more purpose, so much more of a plan that God has for you. See, when we live for money or stuff, that is covetousness. And we weren't created just to want a better lifestyle. We were created to have a relationship with God and to live a free life in Him. And when you realize that, you will experience true contentment, true happiness. Where are you at with this? I am sensing that there's somebody out there. Yeah, you're not dealing with prostitution or anything like that. But maybe deep in your heart, there's that love of money. And you can even see in your life, it's caused many problems in your life. Let me pray for you if that's you. Father God, we just lift up our hearts to you. Examine our hearts, Lord God. And right now, if there's a part in our life where we are loving that money, we're living our life for that money, we surrender that to you. We repent of that. We answer this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hope you're blessed by this testimony. And I know that your life was touched. If you want to know more about us or to make a tax-deductible donation, please check us out at AwakeningDonations.com. That's AwakeningDonations.com. See you next time.